No, I'm. I uh, listen. I'm. Uh, I'm on right here. Uh, the results. I'm. Gonna, I'm going to read this to you. The results of this year's election. You are fucked. <laughs> you are fucked. <laughs> Look at and this. Uh, they they posted this before the results actually came out. They 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 knew regardless <laughs> regardless of who won. Yeah. There there is a winner and a loser, but it's always the same one. The winners are not us. The losers are us. We the people lose. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. All right, well, cool. Let's uh, let's get into this. Finish up this one from Simon. Um, I got a couple of his books. I, I like. I, I really dig this guy's. Uh, I, I like his style of writing. He's uh, a little little snarky, little uh, little tongue in cheek, but uh, you know, kind of like us. You know, trying to trying to get a point across with seriousness and a little bit of not quite as goofball humor as we tend to have. Yeah. Well, good on him. He's probably a little more refined, right? Than yes, us. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's more refined, like a like a fine aged wine. Whereas dog. you and I are kind of like a we're mad like dog. a we're mad, mad dog. dog. No, we're like a like a jungle jungle punch in the in the backyard, like mixed up in a in a garbage can. You know, everybody pours in their favorite bottle of something going to say Boone's Farm, maybe. Uh, I would like to even go so far as maybe we're a Reuniti. Reuniti, <laughs> Reuniti on, on ice. ice. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. For those old enough to to know the Reuniti on ice. Anyway, I know well, you're trying to get into this. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Reuniti podcast. <laughs> the great Ooh, Reuniti nice. on ice podcast. It's so nice. It's so nice. What's the matter for you? What's the matter? So, yeah, um, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about going pro with a, with a great article out of X-Ray Magazine, xraymag.com, xray-mag.com by Simon Pridmore. And then we, uh, we, we had to derail a little bit because we had to get to our Halloween spooktacular last week. And have a little bit of fun because, well, things were getting a little, little heated, a little out of control with our is diving certification really necessary couple of episodes we had. Then we got into Simon's going pro part one a couple of weeks ago. I don't know why I got heated. I, I thought we settled the debate. I mean, I 
thought it's just a done deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was heated in in a bit of a good way, I would say. Oh, okay. You know, but but it got a little it got a little spicy. Spicy in a good way. Like, uh, listen, do you want uh, do you want your meatballs bland or you want the spicy meatballs? I want Diablo, the Diablo Taco Bell sauce. Was it Diablo? Fire, Actually, fire sauce. Is Diablo hotter than fire? I go, I go to this place when I when I go out to dinner, meet my uh, my sister, mom. You know, we we get together, go to this place over by my sister's every every once in a while. Suicide wings, man. Yes, I've had suicide wings at a number of places. I am still live, so I call it false advertising. <laughs> like you, I thought promised. I was gonna, I thought I was gonna put myself out of my misery with these wings. I was gonna say you promised, you son of a bitch. Um, but hey, but going pro part two, the road from instructor to dive professional. Is there a difference? A lot of people think when you're an, an instructor. You've you've made it right. You're the you are the dive professional, but he says, "Wait, wait." You may say when you read this title of the column, "What are you talking about? Aren't those two the same thing? Isn't a dive instructor by definition a scuba professional?" And what do you mean by road? I know people that would take it even one step further and say, "If you've ever even been paid any amount of money to go diving, you're a professional." I guess you have to define professional. Well, oh, well, there you go. So is being an instructor a professional? You are. It is the professional route. But I think uh, the, the case in point here and uh, what we started last week was it's not the end of the road. And there's a way to make yourself more of a professional than just being the lowest rung of an instructor. Of the of the instructor levels, I should say, not not that not that being an instructor is a a low level, and I and I guess um, part of what derailed some of the discussion that we were having, you know, a couple of weeks ago was Egos. well, well, Egos. yeah, and it was it was the assumption that we're saying that um, if you're an instructor, you're not good yet and you suck, and I I don't think any either of us was trying to say that it's not a notable. Achievement. I think people hear because what it they want to hear, James. People will hear what they want to hear because exactly what we said is is more along the lines of just because you're an instructor doesn't mean you're like what this is doesn't mean you're professional. It doesn't mean you're a good diver. And I guess that's where we were coming from was it should mean you're a good diver. Yeah, you know. So I I just googled you know a definition of. Becoming uh yeah well how to become a scuba instructor oh I thought I was going to say professional though too has there's two different meanings there's that that one that's kind of a legal meaning do you get paid to do this then you are a professional the other definition of professional is someone who's extremely adept at what they do and uh, carries themselves in that manner yeah yeah I'm, I'm with you there I'm with you so one deals with skill level. One deals with receiving money. Well, let's talk about the money. Uh, so on this on this webpage, it's uh, so there's a couple things. What, what do you want to hear first? The uh, the perks, the perks of being an instructor, or the drawbacks of becoming an instructor. There's perks, or the details. The te- well, let's start with the details. Okay, because that's what we were just just saying. Like, what does it take to become an instructor? 
And it says here that you need to be 18 years old. You need to be certified up to dive master, meaning you'll need open water, advanced, rescue, emergency, first responder, and a dive master course. You need to have logged at least 100 dives, have around $3,000 to cover the cost of the course and requisite materials, and you're going to need to pass an instructor examination. That's what it says you need. Those are the details of becoming an instructor. Now, how much does it cost? It says varies. Uh, it it does vary. Depends it says on the, the uh, you know yeah. uh, two to three thousand dollars. You know you got like twelve hundred bucks for the course itself. Um, another grand for the actual examination. You're gonna have you know you know five six hundred bucks in material fees. Thousand dollars in beer. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Uh, if you, if you, if your instructor, if your instructor trainer doesn't drink a lot, <laughs> uh, this is, uh, this is interesting. Um, and, and I think this is like, we got talking about this a little bit, you know, you know, how much does a dive instructor make tons, tons, you know, it says here as a, as a baseline, new open water dive instructors can typically expect to earn Three dollars blank blank an hour. US dollars <laughs> blank US dollars in a calendar year. Sixteen thousand. But that's assuming your only skills are teaching beginner scuba classes. What do you think? What you, you're gonna go with sixteen? I'll say sixteen. Twenty K. Twenty thousand is what they're saying. Okay, that's not including any perks. That's just the money. Or is that like yeah. okay, we're gonna include like you come down here to whatever island and you're going to be an instructor slash dive master for us, and we'll give you room and board in the back of our shop. You know, and that's counted as part of your income. Well, you're not going to be able to afford room and board if you're making <laughs> twenty grand. Thank you. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, like you, you know what a an apartment costs on Grand Cayman. Well, I was hoping you were going to say something a little more, you know, like Cozumel or. Maybe even further third world, uh, yeah, yeah, out in the South Pacific or something. So, I think that's you know, uh, in a couple of those Facebook lives that that I was on, you know, those last couple of weeks is that's one of the things I was bringing up. You know, if you go through, assuming you don't, you know, get your advance card and go, I'm, I'm moving to the Caymans and I'm going to become an instructor by the end of the month, like you actually spend you know, some time really putting in the work to become a professional like you were just talking about and you really try to hone in your craft to be the best that you can be. So you've done the time and the work and the training like you would if you had gone to a trade school. There ain't no damn way you're going to spend that time developing a trade and do it for 20 grand a year, right? I mean... 20 grand a month? Yeah. That's a that's a good trade. You know, that's what you would expect to be doing in a g- really good trade. Yeah, well, eventually. I I'm th- I'm thinking they're talking more the guy right out of or the gal right out of instructor school. Fresh instructor, no experience as an instructor. I mean, just because you get that card, you still have to teach a lot, and you're still learning. And I know you and you're still learning. You'll, even, yeah, yeah. you'll say it. You've been teaching for umpteen decade here, you know, a couple decades here, and you're still learning. 
I was still learning. I, I, I'm still learning. Yeah, well, I tell you what, that's what's, uh, that is what was really nice about picking up a few of these books from Simon. I mean, he's got really good stuff. And yeah, I've been teaching for 20 years and I'm reading through this. I'm like, oh, this is a really great idea. Oh, this is a really cool idea. I really dig this. And it's exciting. It's uh, got my got me scratching the back of my brain and looking at putting together a couple of new little workshops and seminars because it's cool stuff. You know, and he says in the, the article, a professional is someone who gets paid for plying a trade. At the point when you become a dive instructor, you may have done a lot of paying, that's for sure, but it is unlikely that you will have seen any cash coming your way yet. What you have achieved when you successfully complete your instructor course is the acquisition of a title that you can use on your business card. You have a few more steps to take before you have a profession, hence the concept of a road to take is what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah, you can start teaching, but really you're just one in a million at that point, right? You're yeah. another you're another diver with a hundred dives that can now teach a couple people to do what they've been doing. Yeah, it's but the to become legal, a real professional. Yeah, that's the legal definition of professional, right there. You you are taking money and giving them diving instruction. So that's a professional dive instructor. Does it mean you're giving them good instruction or you are even able to give them good instruction? Yeah, you know, when I I did that seminar, that instructor, that, that buoyancy masterclass for instructor seminar, and that was one of the feedbacks I got is, hey, man, like, we're instructors. We're up here, but, you know, this little seminar was enlightening Mm-hmm. In so much as, wow, there's still a lot that we could even learn wow. to improve our own game and make us better. You would hope that would be the last words out of the uh, course director's mouth as you received your diploma from instructor school. Uh, right, exactly. I'm, I'm with you there, yeah. But it, but in a way, that, that is kind of true, right? I mean, if you're, I mean, I don't care how good you are of a diver, if you just completed your instructor school and you show up to any dive shop in the world and there's half a dozen working instructors there already, none of them are going to give you the the credit of being on par with them. They're all going to look at you as the FNG, right? You're, you are the new guy. (laughs) Yes. As a new instructor, Simon says, you are but one of a host of fledgling scuba instructors who have just been released into the diving world. Out there, ahead of you in pecking order, are countless multitudes of scuba instructors who preceded you. Actually, that is not the case. Or that is not the case. Most of those that passed this way before you are no longer working in diving. That's weird. <laughs> why why is there such a, a loss rate? <laughs> Well, (laughs) he addresses a couple of these. He says, why is that the case? Here's a few possibilities. They only did it for the course, the card. They did it for the patch, baby. Because you know what that patch means. You know what that patch means. 
listen, who's who's picking up the girls at the at the scuba <laughs> pub? The guy with the I'm an advanced open water t-shirt or the scuba instructor t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. uh, You did it for the card. I got my instructor. And now here's the thing. Like my wife went through the dive master program before I met her. And she did that because she thought that very thing. Like she was very unconfident in her diving skill and ability. And just kept getting pushed through the system. Oh, well, you know what you need is you need the advanced class. That'll make you feel better. Oh, what you need is a buoyancy class. That'll make you feel better. Oh, you know what you need is a navigation class. That'll make you feel better. Oh, you should do your rescue class. That'll make you more confident. Oh, you should do dive master. You'll be a professional. That'll make you more confident. No. So she did it because, and right there, she went for the card for getting the card thinking that was going to give her her confidence in the water. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's fizzled out from that whole system altogether now. She just wants to go diving to go diving. Well, I mean, that is one path to get to reach enlightenment, which is, oh, my God, that there's a proper way to do this stuff that isn't ramrodded through a McDonald's-type fast food instructorship there's a logical and proper i keep saying proper but i'm trying to to give a better word to find the approach where yeah you you actually like you say you learn to uh live in a three-dimensional world versus how we normally walk in two dimensions yeah you need to you need to learn to not be a human being with scuba gear on and if you're still feel like a human being with scuba gear on, you've got a ways to go. The, the second one he says is their drive and enthusiasm fades once they've achieved their goal. Wah, wah, wah. I, and, I, and I say that's a, a, a lot the way a lot of scuba diving is too. It's, it's why there's a dropout rate in scuba as well is people get it. They do their trip. You know, they're fast-tracked. You know, within a year, they're doing shipwrecks over 100 feet. Mm-hmm. You know, they're cave diving, you know, in, in their first year of learning to dive. And then they're like, eh, been there, done that. Let's let's move on to something else now. You did none and of the it same well. thing. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they've got they've got the T-shirt and the picture at, at all those hot spots. And when, uh, when, when you're around, you know, the social gathering talking – there's no proof of how well you did it. You've got the story. No, I get it. And if you did it solo diving, there's nobody that can validate yeah, exactly how, how well. <laughs> yeah, invalidate right. Yeah, yeah. Your story. You could be super incredible. A, there's nobody that you know invalidate most people's stories, and as they as they tell how great they are. Um, this is a good one here. Um, their friends did not want to pay them for teaching them to dive, so they got out of it. That's a friends and family thing, yeah. Hey, hey, come on, it's us. <laughs> like, if I were to come to them in their respective uh, professions and said, "Hey, how about you do my taxes this year? You're an accountant. Come on, man." <laughs> yes, yes. By uh, yeah, hey. You got a lawn service. Exactly. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you swing by my house? But yeah, like, uh, you, you know, there's a lot of people that get that instructor card and they're like, hey, buddy. Yeah. 
you should take a scuba class. I'm an instructor now. It's only 99 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying you $99. Like you're, you're my, uh, going to the pub drinking buddy. I'm not going to pay you, pay you something or you're my stupid little brother. I'm not paying you anything, you know? Yeah. And then they go, oh, well shit. And then he, the next point he brings up is it's harder than they thought to find other people to sign up for a course. <laughs> is that not the, the, the case with so many new instructors is they get that instructor card and they go, well, all I got to do is carry this new card into the dive shop and they're just going to throw money and students at me to start teaching. No, man, <laughs> that is not how it works. He says the next one, working and diving is tougher than they thought it would be. Tougher to make a to make a buck, you know, to get a uh, proper wage for the work. Well, and that, that's his that's his next one. They go hand in hand. He says working and diving does not pay as well as they thought it would. And when you look at what we just mentioned by that that like advertisement, when you Google, you know, how to become a scuba instructor, and this big big page comes up they tell you right there 20k is what you can expect to expect to make and that's if you're working i mean that's if you're working full time takes a special special person and personality to to have that work ethic going in as well as have a smile on your face constantly you know letting everybody know that they are having a great time despite popping to the surface, choking and gagging and, you know, you know, afraid to get the water out of their mask and re, uh, re-encouraging them that they can, in fact, do it and, and getting them back in the water. It's a ton of work. Yeah, it is a ton of work. Yeah, and the more time you put in, the, the lower your hourly rate goes. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That That's something that the people don't think about is – yeah, the, the person that needs work. I mean, when it goes great, it goes great. But those are the rare ones. You know, you, you know from teaching that, you know, you are you have that shocked look on your face, you know, when it's night three of the class and you know, the, the boss says, how's class going? And you go, this one's like something's got to <laughs> be coming up because this group's really easy. Going really What's nice going on? Like, like when is the hammer going to drop? Like, it can't be this easy. Th- those are uh, shocking days. They find out that it is actually diving that they like rather than teaching. And that as an instructor, they do a lot of teaching and not much diving. You're not even a diver. You're an instructor and that's it. Which I think takes away from the instructor quality, ultimately. Because you're no longer out there gaining experience. You're just running people through pool and quarry, kind of open water sites. Yeah, and I get it. it. Because you're, you know, if you're one of those instructors that is a good instructor, yeah, you want to get out there and you want to do it. But I would have the conversation with all of them that doing your own personal fun diving is mandatory, number one, to be a good instructor. And moreover, if you're going to be at this for a long time as an instructor, you have to do your own diving as well. Right. Or you'll burn out. You'll burn out because all of a sudden it's not diving anymore. It's just 
you know, corral. It's herding cats is what open water. And it's not even, and it's not even burnout where the, where the, the thrill is gone. It's like burnout. You don't even ever want to smell neoprene (laughs) or, or hear a, you don't ever want to hear a bubble ever again in your life kind of burnout. They discover that they do not know as much about diving as they thought they did. And suddenly, as an instructor, and suddenly as an instructor, they feel they are supposed to know everything, which makes them very uncomfortable. Well, it does, it does benefit you to, to know more <laughs> than what well, yeah, the minimum of course. requirement is. It, it benefits you greatly. The more you know, the more you, you have to give to, to your students. I mean, especially in today's, uh, especially in today's day and age where, you know, information is so easy to get, you know, you can't expect to show up to a, teach a class and everyone's just gonna, you know, sit there while you read through the cue cards or while you read through the, the, the PowerPoint that you're making them look at. And then they're not going to have any additional questions. Like if that's the extent of your learning that prescriptive that's up on the wall or on the television on the screen you know if if that's the extent of your knowledge man you are you're setting yourself up for some very embarrassing questions and if it's in a group of you know half a dozen or more people that don't know each other you're going to look like an idiot if if you don't have a, a a dense base of information to draw from in your brain I think what you point out is is out there already, and you know, like uh, WebMD is to doctors, you know, the whole internet, the scuba forums, et cetera, for new incoming students. If they get on the internet and they do even a little bit of research, they're going to come in, you know, halfway knowledgeable. Also, these instructors who who don't have anything to add because they lack any experience are also the reason behind the push to go completely electronic in your classes. Here, here you go. Here's the disc, or go to this website, and you don't even need that one-on-one instructor, that face-to-face instructor. You can do it on the internet for your open water academia. Who knows what's going to happen skill-wise? Get rid of us that way too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, could you imagine if I went into the doctor uh, with a stomach ache, right? And uh, I say to the <laughs> doc, "Hey, doc, you know, I was on WebMD and." I think I might have pancreatic cancer. I was looking at these <laughs> symptoms, and uh, like if the if the doc only knows the basics, he goes, "Wow, shit, that's yeah, you might I, have pancreatic cancer." Look I, at that. That's where I got my education. Was yeah, like like, like yeah. you, like as the doctor, you need to be able to discern between the possibilities and the ridiculousness of what is on something like like WebMD. And as a scuba instructor, you've got to be able to do the same for your students, like. They're going to come in with questions, and you can't just go, well, yeah, okay. You need to correct that stuff, you need, and you need a knowledge base that's, that's broad and deep enough that you, that you have the tools to do that. Yeah, and instructor school doesn't give you that. No, absolutely not. Diving does. More than 100 dives does. And that's definitely where we had left off, absolutely. So Simon... Simon says that assuming, you know, still after all this, hearing all this, assuming you still want to be an instructor, 
you know, uh, that this has that that this hasn't made you give up. You could still have, you know, a, a fun, happy, and fruitful career in in this wonderful sport that we do. And he gives us three basic points that if you're going to go through it, you you want to still be an instructor. You want to go pro. The first one he says is keep learning. Simon says, practice your personal diving skills constantly. Then at the point when you think your skills are perfect, practice some more. Everything you do in the, yeah, yeah. Like what we've been saying, it's got to be absolutely instinctive. And like Mm -hmm. we just mentioned, if you're thinking about it, you're not there yet. Yeah. If you, if you're getting your personal skills down and you feel like, man, I've reached the apex, I've hit it, you know, I'm not even thinking, okay, now throw a camera on you. Throw scooters, throw, you know, throw some tasks in there. Try managing a team. Um, there's so much you can do to kind of keep pushing your skills so that you have even a, a greater advantage or edge in the water. Absolutely. And Simon says, stay within your personal comfort zone, but try to push the envelope out little by little. When you pass knowledge on, you are more credible if you speak from a reservoir of personal experience. Fucking A. Truth truth wait do you listen listen let me ask you a question let me ask you a question shoot are you secretly simon pridmore i don't know if this is a compliment do you have an alias (laughs) that i say i'm about to say here is we think you know we are simpatico we think i've been doing lines i've been doing a lot of reading of simon's and i haven't heard him drop the f-bomb well, maybe there's once, some I can't once, give. Yes. Maybe so I this can't is uh, this is his, you know he can't be his repertoire. <laughs> maybe that's the one thing he's missing is an occasional f bomb. Well, see, this is going to be this is going to sound a lot like you too. He says, when you teach, do not just parrot what the manual says. Make sure you understand the background to what you're telling people. Right. Read widely, especially books about psychology, physiology, decompression theory. Don't get fixated on establishing protocols. Be open to new ideas and ways to do things, but question everything. You forgot the book on applying for food stamps and welfare. (laughs) (laughs) There's my Brando. (laughs) I know. You know, I do make it sound all gloom and doom, and I just like to take that side of the argument that is trying to make the industry look at itself and make itself better. I mean, it's not all doom and gloom. There's great times. It's, it's a, it is a great thing to do to be an instructor. It's, it's a ton of fun. You're sharing what you love. By the same token, it could all be better by increasing our overall professionalism and, and uh, expertise. Yeah, and that expertise because you need stuff to draw from. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what the hell do they need an instructor for? They could just you know hit play on the, on the, on the computer screen. Right, look at the skills and, and get their card and go. And, and I know a, a lot of a lot of institutions out there want to make it that easy so that they can get all that money. So what would be? Yeah, I was going to say the only motivation to that, the only motivation to that is greed. Yeah, don't don't t- please don't get on that that soapbox that we've had a few people get on, which is well, the industry wouldn't be where it is if it weren't for the McDonald's fast food scuba instruction. I think they make a good point. Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, but in a different way, right? I think they're they're right. The scuba industry wouldn't be where it is today. 
I think it would be in a much better place. <laughs> I think it would be in a much better place if it never got like that. Bingo, uh, James. You're exactly right. That's the argument you get back. You're like, yeah, it wouldn't be where it is today. But they seem to think it's in a in a fantastic place. And while there are, there's always nice things to look at. I mean, as far as you got people out there diving and equipment seems to be making advances, technological wise. Um, I don't think. Uh, it, they've come down in price at all or anything like that. But technology-wise, we've we've made uh, endeavors to increase our safety with technology and things like that. And, they're, and they're, it's working pretty well. But overall, the quality of the diver coming out of a scuba class on a, generally is, is not very high. Right. And that's because of what you just said. Right. Right. And if it was different... I think it would be different for a better reason, right? You wouldn't see in 2020, you wouldn't still see people on the routine somersaulting down San Francisco shallows in Cozumel, <laughs> yeah. you know, ro- rolling down the top of the reef. Right. And well, they talk about numbers. And, and my whole thing is you have these high numbers of people coming and then leaving. So that attrition rate is garbage. We're not keeping anybody. I would rather see high quality and lower numbers. As an instructor, if I were to teach a class, would I rather teach six ramrod classes or students or give me two or three that I can spend some time with and produce good divers? I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. I would, it's easier for me to work with three that I charged a fair price to, and I'll make the same amount of money as working with the six that I have to, I can't give them as much time because they're six versus three, right? Right. So they get right. a kind of a ramrod class, and it's cheap, but even so they put no value on it. I mean, that's something that y- you need to address with these people who are all for the ninety nine dollar class. If you don't charge anything, or you charge a minimal, like the stupid ninety nine bucks, they don't put any value in the class, so they quit. Tell me the truth. At the shop, if there's a $99 class, how many quit when they just – I can't make it this week. Ah, oh, fuck it. It's only 99 bucks. Fuck it. Well, you're right. The, the Grouponing of scuba classes mm-hmm. brought out the absolute lowest common denominator of student eligibility yeah. because people were coming in to take a class because it was so damn cheap. You know, what do you want to do? Go get half off uh, Thai food, uh, get this <laughs> deal on a Manny Petty, or take a scuba class. Oh, it's, it's so cheap. It's so cheap. If we don't like it, we can just L- Let's just go do it. And then they, they, they would come in to take a scuba class so cheap. And, oh, I, I don't want to spend any money on any equipment. I, I don't want to invest right. in, in this at all. I'm only doing it because it's so cheap and then I'm going to move on to the, uh, you know, the, whatever, the hot air balloon ride, you know, next weekend. I've got that lined up. Yeah, whatever. Simon says, number two, work on your employability. If you do not already have a commercial background, then do some small business courses so you can understand at least the basics of accounting, marketing, staff management, and maintaining cash flow. Dive centers, liveaboards, and resorts are primarily businesses after all. Yeah, because you might be workable in other environments. Yeah, and there's a lot going on, right? Uh, You need to know 
about money because it is a money business. You need to know about working with other people. It's, you know, there is that part of it too. You got to be able to market yourself and market classes. Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. It's not just you get your instructor card and all of a sudden you're making money teaching students that just every time, every time you wake up in the morning, there's a fresh batch of students to do. Yeah. Learn to work regs, man. Wrench on regs. That, Wrench on, yeah. Repairing equipment. Shop. Yeah. Any equipment, but. Yeah. yeah. Review the life skills you may have acquired elsewhere over the years. Operators of dive liveaboards and resorts love to take on people with a hospitality background. All dive operations have a lot of machinery from regulators and rebreathers to compressors and boat engines. So if you have mechanical or engineering skills, you'll be much in demand. Yeah, just like old Brando was just saying. And the same applies, he says, if you can speak multiple languages or you've studied marine biology. All of this stuff makes you more employable and able to help you negotiate better pay and benefits along the way, right? Yeah, if you be if you can show your value to an operation, you know that's really what you're trying to do is show show them that you're more valuable than ne- than the next candidate, and uh, you bring you can bring something extra to the game. Yeah, know? and just like being an instructor who also has a lot of experience under their belt or in their logbook, right? Diving in multiple environments, like we keep talking about. Being a technical diver, being a cave diver, being an avid shipwreck diver, doing all these other specialty areas of diving, coming, coming, yeah, but, but I mean, then coming into just being on a, you know, a shallow house reef teaching basic open water divers to dive at that beginning level, introducing to the game, right? You now we're going to be much more comfortable in that setting, much more relaxed because you've worked in these other areas. You've got that other background behind you. Just like, oh, I need to do a little bit of, you know, uh, regulator maintenance out on the boat to get this thing to stop bubbling, right? If I'm already an experienced mechanic, engineer, equipment technician, yeah, being able to do stuff on the fly is only going to benefit you. Agreed. What else does Simon say? Put your hands on your head. Ah, oh, Simon didn't say. Ah, <laughs> uh, that stuff never gets unfunny. <laughs> it never gets old. He says, uh, the last one he says is, look after the pennies. Yeah, because that's, that's going to be all you got, bitch. Notice, <laughs> notice he didn't say, watch your dollars. Yes. Watch the greenbacks coming in. <laughs> no, it says try to try to keep track of your pennies because that's a good percentage of your income, bitch. <laughs> Notice he didn't say don't count your hundreds two at a time. <laughs> he said look after the pennies. <laughs> that's, that's all you're going to get because you're going to need every single one you got. Many instructors drop out of diving because they have not taken their finances seriously and are forced to leave the work and the life they love and return to the non-diving world simply on economic grounds. Fucking non-diving world. Do you really want to go to the non-diving world? It's ugly there. It is. Yeah, yeah. And this is why I've stayed in diving. It's not because I've, I've found the secret, you know, rainbow to the pot of gold. It's because... 
Like every time I think about another career choice, which is often lately, by the way, <laughs> uh, I I go, ah, I don't want to be part. I don't want that to be my world, man. It is. It's. Uh, it goes to the very core of your existence on on the planet of why you're living. If if you're going to have to compromise your the majority of your time on the planet to so you can have money so that you can go diving. Yeah, uh, the the one thing that's that's keeping me here right now is I, I like knowing that my compromise is the middle finger to the to rest the of man. that world. <laughs> that that is my compromise that I'm making right now. This is usually because they have not approached their work and career in a professional way, he says. They have not taken a long-term view. Scuba diving jobs are not well-paid, but that does not mean that you need to struggle. Often your work takes you to remote places where there are few entertainment options, and although your wages may be small, your board and lodging will be provided free of charge, so you'll have no expenses. There's a good chance, too, that your wages will be supplemented by some tips. Oh, yeah. People react to this lifestyle in one of two ways. Some spend their time in paradise just dreaming of being elsewhere and planning what a great time they are going to have when they get back to civilization. They then blow all their money on entertainment and new toys, returning to work a couple of weeks later, penniless. Others, he says, take advantage of the opportunity to save their money, start up an investment portfolio, or buy a small apartment back home to rent out and make a little extra money. Meanwhile, they look ahead in their career and make a plan to perhaps become an industry leader or even one day start their own dive business and become an employer rather than an employee. There's a, uh, there's, there's a cool little uh, article on the deeperblue.com website. Mm-hmm where they give 10 tips on how to become a successful scuba diving instructor. Along the same lines? A completely different path. Oh, okay. For instance, they say, have a positive attitude. Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Be passionate. Well, passion is definitely something you should have. I mean, to me, you should have it for anything you you do. You know, why you do it. And, and and as well, a positive attitude, right? You got to be upbeat, you know, scuba. If you're going to be successful, right? And, and that, this is where the deeper blue guys are going, right? If you're going to be successful, you got to have a positive attitude. You got to be upbeat. You got to be smiling. You got to be making fe- people feel good. You have to be passionate. Can, can you have a positive attitude and still uh, recognize the truth of the shitball uh, that has formed in the industry? Yeah, I I do. You can still, yeah, I do. But but I'm not I'm not teaching the the shit the the shit ball that you're talking about. Exactly. I mean, I'm teaching I'm teaching the 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 lunatic fringe (laughs) (laughs) of the uh, the industry, which is not so bad. You know, I'm the I'm the the monk that you gotta climb up the mountain to. uh, (laughs) How do you clear a mask, old wise one? Clear by not clearing. <laughs> Thou does not clear the mask. Thou simply breathes and the mask clears itself. Yes, I was going to say. Realize that there is no mask. <laughs> you are the mask. You are the mask. There is only you. Be the mask, Danny. You're not being the mask. Remember uh, uh, 
what's his face? Uh, Chevy Chase Chevy from Chase, uh, yeah. Caddyshack. Uh, yeah. Be the ball. Be Danny. the ball, Danny. <laughs> that he tries. Be the mask. Like, you're not being be the, the mask. mask. You're not being the mask. You're not being the ball, Danny. <laughs> well, it's kind of hard with you talking. <laughs> <laughs> he says, they say in this, like, uh, when people say, wow, look at that scuba instructor. He's, he teaches so naturally. I just love to listen to him. Right? That's, a, that's a sign of that, that passion that you got to yeah. have to be successful. Agreed. They say you got to have a good sense of, a great sense of humor. A fantastic yeah, sense you, of humor. You have a to care about your students. sense of humor. You have to care about your students. You have to have, oh, I didn't hear that. What was that? I just, nothing. I just said superlative sense of humor. <laughs> oh, you, yeah. It's probably your most important asset to make it through the scuba industry biz slash biz is to keep the sense of humor. When the day is getting crazy at the shop or you're in the class, you say, you say, excuse me for one moment. And you walk into the bathroom and you look in the mirror and you just laugh, <laughs> laugh and laugh. <laughs> uh, a hysterical is, joker <laughs> type laugh. This is where I've ended up. This is this is a what laugh. my decisions have brought me in life. Yeah. <laughs> a laugh that some would say mirrors <laughs> the, the, the verge of madness. They borders on maniacal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You got to care about your students, he says. Uh, you have to have lots of patience. Uh, six on this uh, deeper blue one is you have to be a safe diving instructor. You got to work hard. You got to work hard. You mean you can't juggle knives as you're teaching? Juggle chainsaws? No. Um, well, you know, they mentioned you could be the best, funniest, most passionate, caring, charismatic, business-minded person in the world. But if you're an unsafe diver, you're an unsafe instructor, basically, right? That and, you know, like you get the uh, the instructors that are going to go, oh, they're pretty good. We'll take them to the 100-foot, you know, dive today, even though they, they just got their open water. Or uh, we'll take them through the, the, the swim through. They should be fine. You know, well, well we're just going to take a little little look inside the wreck. You know, it's things like that. Um, you got to be ready to work hard, right? And they describe it as, you know, teaching in these awesome places as, you know, people sometimes look at it as the holiday that never ends. But it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of humping. It's trying to fit 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag a lot of the days, you know. It's constantly keeping yeah, on yeah. that schedule. Running a class is all about time management, too. I mean, that's a huge portion of it. Right, yeah, no doubt about it. So that adds a little bit of stress to things. and You got to be able to think outside of the box, kind of cool that they mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. Something you don't normally think about. A little bit of what we were talking about earlier about having other skills as an instructor, you know, that, you know, where you can help the shop with blogs and websites and other specialty programs, you know. You got to be able to promote. Con Ed and equipment sales, right? And and one of the things that a lot of people want to be able to do as an instructor is just teach. And they're like, I'm not a salesman. Well, you got to be. You know, you're you're working for a shop that that's the way that shop stays in existence is by being able to make a profit on gear so that they can pay the the rent, they can pay to have the lights on, and they can get more inventory and you know keep that that machine rolling. Yeah, well, you represent the shop, 
so basically you are selling the shop every time you interact with the students. Yeah, right. That's how you sell. And their last tip is caring about the environment. Not only is it good for the environment, but it's it's good for business too. You know, being eco-conscious, especially today. So that that's a kind of a, a, a good, I would tell aspiring people who are looking to go pro, ready to take that plunge into becoming a scuba instructor. That's another really good article to check out on deeperblue.com, 10 tips for becoming a successful scuba instructor. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if we go back to Simon's little uh, article, his takeaway at the end, he says, being a dive professional is an exciting career and can bring enviable lifestyle rewards, but it takes focus and determination to succeed. You need to work at it as you would in any other walk of life. Be ready and willing to learn and progress and always keep an eye on the money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, that's been at the root of a lot of dive shop failures is, they uh, couldn't manage the business or the money aspect of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there you go. Going pro. Two-part article in Simon Pridmore's X-Ray magazine. Uh, you can find that online at xray-mag.com. Uh, lots of great stuff. His books are available on his website. Um Really good, really good stuff. I'm digging a lot of these articles in here, and uh, we'll do more of his stuff in the, in the past because really, really good, relevant stuff. By the way, it is uh, it is the beginning of the month, so Patreon members, those of you who make donations on our PayPal, uh, once again, thank you all so much. This is how the show keeps coming to you guys. Is you make it you make it uh actually feasible for actual for us to actually be able to do this the ratings we read every one of these ratings i mean i i read them over and over again i, I love the fact that i've got <laughs> so many of you people that have said such great things yes. about the hour that Brandon and i broadcast to Converse. you every week and this one says five stars brando Please speak louder. Really? <laughs> <laughs> From the girl who means well. Ah. She says, I love the podcast. Brando literally needs to stop mumbling or speak louder. We can't hear the end of his sentence half the time. Otherwise, great. But it's, it's, I think it's just, you know, you're, you're uh, it's just microphone etiquette. Like you, like what you just said, you speak you speak softly, you laugh loudly. So the the I've microphone, the I've microphone level, you gotta just learn to move. I've got to close you know, my dynamic range, or yeah, learn to move with my my speaking. You gotta, you're right. You gotta move yeah, your that's speaking. A good point, James. I never think of but, that. That moving. But you're not really. Uh, you never really came into this game though. No. To be a to be a guy who was a a radio personality who wanted to share scuba, you've been you've been the color commentary on this show that just happens to have a microphone in front of his face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when we were at the in the past, when we were at the pub, this having exactly this, these same talk. conversations yeah. with a with a group of divers, if somebody couldn't hear you, they just move their move their bar stool closer. Yeah, lean the ear in. 
now we have to be a little bit more conscious. We have to be more conscious about that. Yeah, now. I was going to say after a few cocktails, I think my voice goes up, you know, especially in a pub. You have to talk over everybody. All right, so next but week you got to pour, pour little Baileys into that. I coffee. don't know. I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> it's already bad enough on the Monday nights that um, you feel compelled to join in the party because that's what it is. It's kind of just like a, a gathering at the pub, except we can't all be at the pub and we're from all over the freaking world. I wouldn't even say the country. We're all over, from all over the world in that Zoom meeting, which is awesome. It is great. great. It's, uh, I love it. I love it. It's, they, they've been so fun. And yeah, you do. You can't just sit there and be a lump on the log. Like it's, right. uh, they're there to hang out with us and have fun. So, right. so you got to be the life of the party. I got to get a bottle of wine. I had Monday. to drink that <laughs> bottle of wine, honey. Every Monday night. And, you know, <laughs> and the, the funny thing is, though, once you so the meeting, our little little get together start around 815 or so. But by about 10 o'clock, you're, you're feeling no pain. You're, you're having a good time. The conversations are going a, a lot smoother. It's, you know, getting used to, to uh, having those Zoom meetings, you know, where everybody can't talk over each other like you would in person, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're getting kind of a rhythm with, uh, with the conversation uh, with people, you know, when they pause. You know, it's a lot like this, too, knowing, like for me, trying to read you, when you pause, whether you're pausing to go into another paragraph, it's a you know a dramatic pause for, for the point, or you're pausing and I can interject my nonsense. Yeah, uh, there's an etiquette to it. Exactly. It, it, it's taken me five months or so, you know, to learn that on the Zoom. Yes, to exactly. Get into that groove. Exactly. So anyway, just all, all different, you know, learning to speak with the microphone and learning. Even to though I just, meetings. even though I uh, received. Back in June, my Zoom instructor course certificate, card, yeah, certificate. <laughs> but you don't it's have taken much experience. Me, it's taken me five months to really learn and hone in the etiquette of well, presenting. Well, you only Zoom. had the Monday evenings and maybe a, a spot or two on the outside of those Monday evenings. <laughs> it felt like a hundred Zooms though yes. when I got the when I got Minimum the card. One hundred Zooms to get your Zoom instructor card. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. Let's uh, sign these logbooks. Uh, going pro, part two. Dear Jamesy. There, how's that? <laughs> Brando, keep, keep learning. Keep learning. Thank you. All right, everybody. We'll see you, ne- we'll see you next week. Safe diving. Blah, <laughs> blah,